You're listening to The Forum Daily. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Forum Daily. It is Friday. Happy Friday, May 15th. My name is Luke Betker, one of the lead pastors at Slate Church. With me, Brandon Richardson, another one of the lead pastors here at Slate Church. Brandon, good morning to you. Good morning. Here it's, we are. It's uh, a warm day outside. It's yeah. rainy, but it was warm. It was very humid this morning. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's uh, 14. Okay. A balmy 14. Now, this is balmy weather. Yep. Yeah. And uh, slight drizzle. Yep. Uh, to expect... Sun around okay. 9 p.m. <laughs> just as the sun's setting, you're going to get a little glow. Just a little pew. Just yeah, the way it. that I see those clouds moving, okay. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm amazed that you can tell in the morning, you can look at the overcast clouds and you can know what the sun's going to do at 9 tonight. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's, uh, wow. it's, it's really cool. Well done. Yeah, so uh, really excited for today, though. You know, we are... Continue on with our, uh, well, maybe we should just introduce it. It's time for... Brandon and Luke's Friday Books. Friday Books. And we are excited for it. Listen, uh, we have been reading through uh, Mere Christianity, and it has been wonderful. It's an amazing book. This week we were reading book three. Hope you were able to do it with us. Brent and I are going to take some time. We're going to talk through a couple of ideas here. Uh, we're not going to be too long today, just so you know. And everybody collectively said, "Ah, that sucks. Um, but hey, Brent, we got stuff to do. You know, we, we're busy people. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, you know what? We've got lots of stuff on the go right now. Fridays are actually kind of busy days for us. So, yeah. uh, But we're going to talk, um, again, listen, we can't talk through all 40 pages that... Uh, that, that was the reading this time because I mean, you know, the podcast could go for five hours and there's so much rich content here. It's unbelievable. But we're going to pick just a little bit at the beginning here that we're going to talk through and uh, we're going to explore that. So why don't we begin real quick right now? Book three, Christian Behavior, chapter one, the three parts of morality. He begins this chapter right away. He says there's a story about a schoolboy asked what he thought God was like. And he replies something that, honestly, I think a lot of people in our world think that God is like, where the schoolboy is like, well, God's the sort of person who's always snooping around to see if anybody's enjoying themselves, and then he's there to try and stop it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. let's be real. I think a lot of us have this kind of idea of God, that he's just a killjoy, yep. that he doesn't want us to have fun, and it's like, you, you know... Um, okay, I got to be on my best behavior and, oh, I'm going to do something bad and have have some real fun. And then, uh, you know, God's going to find out and just stop it. And of course, we know, uh, like, that is such a shallow view yeah. of Christian living. Yep. And um, he goes into a whole bunch of ideas of morality here. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, he starts to break down what morality is. And, you know, he gives a little bit of a perhaps thesis statement at the beginning of this chapter. And he says, in reality... Moral rules are directions for running the human machine. And, uh, you know, again, one of the things that we've commented on C.S. Lewis that he's so good at is his metaphor use. And he doesn't use shallow metaphors. He uses metaphors that have a lot of logic to them that lead to a, a great point. And when you break down the metaphor, it really, I mean, it really works. And essentially he's saying, like, 
hey, if uh, if you had a, a machine and there was uh, things that you needed to do in order to make it run optimally and to be able to make it run at all, you would do those things. Um, for some reason, he's suggesting that uh, the, these uh, ways of running the human machine have been up for debate for as long as humanity. Um, but we have to recognize that they're there. Otherwise, we won't even see a need for them. So God's not a killjoy. He's actually wanting us to experience exactly what he created us to experience. And the best way to experience what he's, uh, he's, he's created us to experience is by running our machine uh, in an optimal way. Yeah, and he talks in this opening about this, this idea of morality, what morality is. And you know, he says morality is concerned with three things. Uh, first, with uh, fair play, essentially harmony between person to person. Uh, fair play and harmony between individuals. Secondly, what he calls kind of tidying up or harmonizing the things inside each individual. So the first part of morality is person-to-person -person interaction. Second part of morality is who we are on the inside. Are we a good person? But then the third uh, piece of morality is the general purpose of human life as a whole. What's yeah. the point? And he gives a great analogy of a ship at, at sea, um, especially like a, a, a imagine two boats going the same direction. Yeah. The first part of morality concerns, hey, this boat, we got to make sure we don't crash this boat into the other boat and sink yeah. it. Second part of morality is, hey, is our engine running smooth? Because yep. even if we don't crash into that other boat, but our engine burns out, we're not going to make it. But the third point, more abstract, but very important one, is where are we even going with these boats? What's the point of going there? Yeah, And he does a good job talking about how you know we are often concerned about the first point of morality of... I got to make sure that I don't uh, tick people off or run into anybody else and all that kind of stuff. We think about that. Whereas we don't think as often about our own internal state of affairs, where are things at in my own life, how am I doing personally on the inside? And even less so do we think about, and certainly the more controversial one for us as a human race is where collectively are we going? Of course, yeah. everybody's got a lot of different ideas as to what that actually means, but they work together, don't they? Yeah. Uh, that's the important thing to consider. Yeah, they work together in a, actually quite an important way. And uh, in fact, the way, the direction in which we are headed and how long the journey is uh, dictates a lot for those first two realities. And um, it's interesting because he says, there are a good many things which would not be worth bothering about if I were only going to live 70 years. But which, uh, but which I had better bother about very seriously if I am going to live forever. You know, it's interesting. He says, uh, you know, if individuals live only 70 years, then a state or a nation or a civilization, uh, which may last for a thousand years, is more important than an individual. But if Christianity is true, then the individual is not only more important, but incomparably more important. For he or she is everlasting, and the life of a state or a civilization compared with his is only a moment. And it is, you know, as I was reading that progressively, I thought, wow, what a, what a great case for putting others before ourselves. Because, you know, the nation and, and civilization is going to last longer than us. But all of a sudden, he directs it and says, wait a second. What's happening inside of us is vitally more important because that's going to actually have an impact on an everlasting. And I think this is where it comes down to the break. Uh, and we've been talking about this a lot because, you know, C.S. Lewis is making a big, he's put, he's put uh, this in the crosshairs of his, of his argument. And he said, he's, he's taking aim at subjective morality and he's saying, Hey, uh, subjective morality is okay. If all we're going to live is 70 years. 
But the moment that we accept that this boat, this ship is heading in an everlasting direction is a moment that we have to wake up to the reality that we, we've got to be working on ourselves as much as uh, caring for others because there's, there's actually more at stake. And so from that place, he goes on into really, it's a launching point into the rest of uh, this section of the book. So, the, I mean, the main yeah. things to understand is yeah. that when we think about morality, we got to think about person-to-person relationships, uh, individual, what's going on inside of you, and relation between person and the power that made person. Yep. And it's important to be thinking of these. He goes in in the next chapter to these, these ideas of the cardinal virtues. Yep. Talks about prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. Prudence being practical common sense. One thing that I love that he outlines um, when it comes to when it comes to um, prudence is really this idea that, you know, somebody could be like, well, aren't we just supposed to be like children or aren't we just supposed to be, you know, childlike? But I love that he talks about the idea that God wants us to have a child's heart, but a grown-up's head. <laughs> and it's like, it's so good. oh, thank you for just undermining that whole idea that, um, yeah, it's like, you know, when we talk about being like little children, yeah, it's not to, we're not supposed to be stupid. We're not supposed to be uneducated. We're not supposed to be uninformed and all of these kinds of yes. things. What's yes. being talked about here is like a posture of our faith, uh, a faith that is uh, simple like a child's. And there's a big difference to those kinds of things. I love that, uh, you know, he says that um, he wants us to be simple, single-minded, affectionate, and teachable as good children are. Very true. Yep. But he also also wants us to be every bit of intelligence we have to be alert at its job and in first-class fighting trim. And um, what, a, what a great way of putting that for us today. I think that we certainly need that in our world. Yeah, absolutely. So prudence is the first of the four cardinal virtues. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to talk about the remaining three, which are called the theological virtues. And I think just in this, in, this, uh, uh, at the, in this aim of setting up for ourselves a structure of understanding objective morality, and, not, and he doesn't just call it objective morality, he calls it the law of nature. As he's setting this up, uh, I find it really interesting that he's also drawing on things that, you know, the cardinal virtues stem all the way back to um, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. Like one of the, the things that these guys were doing in like 200, 300 BC is they were trying to craft like what are the most important things for humans to center in on. Of course, Jesus comes and says all these things are great and the theological virtues expand from that to include faith, hope, and love. But um, these seven virtues, he begins to just break them down over and over and over again. Uh, temperance is, uh, he says, is unfortunately one of these words that has changed its meaning. It, is, it, it uh, now usually means teetotalism. But in the days when sec- the second cardinal virtue was christened temperance, it meant nothing of the sort. Temperance referred not spe- uh, specially to drink, but to all, all pleasures. And it meant not abstaining, but going the right length and no further. It is a, a mistake to think that Christians ought to be all all ought to be teetotalers. Um, it's, it, it, you know, I love that one of the things that he's not saying, and I think we've discovered this as Christians, is, hey, these seven virtues that we're going to talk about here are just new boundaries for you to follow. But he's saying, hey, uh, in fact, they're not just boundaries. They're still, um, they still require wisdom. They still require a level of um, thinking for yourself, as you're saying with prudence. And we actually need to give them a little bit more thought than... Um, than just uh, where, where's the line 
Uh, I just need to know the line. If I'm a Christian, where, where's the line? He's not talking. He's not talking about a line. He's talking about things that are core to the way that God has wired us, and he calls them virtues. Yeah, and he goes on to break down the idea that it's not just about doing the right thing. It's about being the right person. Right. Essentially, is what he's he's talking about here. Because when you are the right person doing the right thing flows from that. Yes. Whereas just doing the right thing doesn't automatically make you the right kind of person. Yep. And so, so for instance, maybe you, you know, begrudgingly or uh, with a negative attitude or pessimistically follow these types of things and you're using them to try and engineer your way into a life that looks like Jesus and all that stuff. Like you're actually not going to get yourself there at the end of the day. He says, right actions done for the wrong reason don't help to build the internal quality or character called a virtue. And it is this quality or character that really matters. And so, and he also goes on to say that we we might think that God wanted simply obedience to a set of rules, whereas he actually wants people of a particular sort. And all too often, I think we read the scripture and we read this stuff and we think, if I follow these rules, then uh, perfect, I'm good, I've hit the check marks, I've hit the check boxes, and I have engineered my way into heaven. And that's just not the kind of life that God actually wants you to have. Of course, we know that there, there's so much more to it. We can actually start living in the, joy, the the fruit of the Spirit here and now, kingdom living here and now, and we can start living that way. And out of that, it's amazing how we find ourselves um, living our lives in these virtues, and we don't even think so hard about it because we're actually just living a life modeled after the life of Christ, and we find ourselves just automatically doing these things. And so what's important here is that we become the sort of people for which virtuous living is second nature. Yes. Yeah, he uh, he, he intertwines basically how free will is um, uh, is tied to all this stuff. And he's saying, basically, like, we're not, when we're talking about the human machine, this is where we break with the metaphor in the, in the idea that we have a choice whether or not we're going to accept these virtues or not. And uh, he gives a bit of an imagery of three men being shipped off to war. The first man has a natural fear of battle. The other two have uh, irrational feels fear of war triggered by childhood trauma. So he says, now, uh, assume that a second psychoanalysis uh, examines the latter two men and cures them of their neurosis. And... Um, uh, he goes on to say, like, this isn't this idea of removing the baggages and boundaries and all the things that are holding us back. It's not counter uh, Christian uh, to say, oh, well, if we just if we just isolate these things, remove them and all of a sudden we're going against God's uh, you know sovereignty or whatever else. He says, no, like these are ways to free us up to be able to choose whether or not, OK, the fear of war is gone, but we still have to choose whether or not we're going to engage in war. And so part of it is dealing with the low hanging fruit, like, hey, stuff has happened to us. But the bigger free will choice is whether or not you're going to go to battle with this stuff. Are you going to choose virtues? Or are you just going to allow the excuses of everything that's happened to us, including myself, be the things that keeps you away? Meanwhile, the greater thing is not whether or not you've been through something, but whether or not you're going to lean into virtuous living in a way that is outlined. Uh, not not just, <laughs> this is the big thing that, that uh, C.S. Lewis is going through in the entire book. He's not quoting a br- bunch of scripture. He's actually just showing how Hey, if you just look at science or reasoning or logic or philosophy or any of these kind of things, they also lead you to the same conclusions, which is, hey, at the end of the day, we have a choice. Do we want to live virtuous living? And the reality of that virtuous living is that the lawgiver is God. Man, that's super good. And um, that's actually all we have time for today. 
And hopefully that was able to even just kind of wet your whistle a little bit uh, for what's going on in this book. Of course, again, look, there's so much to break down and talk about in yeah. this section. It's it's like almost impossible to get to. But for next week, why don't we why don't we read to the end of the book, man? Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Another 40 pages and we can do it. Of course, we're getting into some more really awesome content through that. Um, but yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, book three had a lot of chapters. So if you haven't read... Um, if you haven't read Mere Christianity or you're wanting to follow along and you didn't, and anything that we said today was uh, piquing your interest, you got to know that basically we just went through the first um, few chapters that outline uh, his arguments on virtues. Um, from there, he actually goes into a lot of different uh, content and it's very specific. It wouldn't reach everybody on the podcast because it goes in each one, but sexual morality, Christian marriage, forgiveness, a great sin, charity, hope, faith, uh, and actually there's two chapters on faith. Listen, if you haven't read this book, you need to read this book. It's an incredible one. And we are going to be, well, there's quite a few more chapters here. It's going to be fun. Love next it. Friday. Love it. Well, Hey, everybody have an awesome weekend. We'll see you at church on Sunday. We're looking forward to it. Slatechurch.com for church this weekend. Make sure you're there. We'd love to have you there. It's going to be an awesome Sunday in church. If you don't go to our church, tune into, uh, well, if you have a church, tune into that church. If yes. you don't have a, a church, uh, tune into our church, as Luke just said. And make sure you review, rate, subscribe, everything on a podcast, <laughs> share, like. Do it all. Um, send a you know an air pigeon to your mother to let her know about it. Tell her. Tell her. Awesome. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to The Forum Daily. Don't forget to check out Slate Church on our website at slatechurch.com and be sure to follow us on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook as well for all the updates that you need to know.